Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. This is Brain Dropping, Season 1, Episode 7. Title of today is Pet Peas and Neat Freaks. Today I'll be joined by Anthony C., who I've been dying to do this podcast with since I started um, a long six episodes ago. So without any further ado, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the episode title and what exactly Anthony and I are planning to do today. It's not every day I drop two podcasts in less than 24 hours, but Hey, why not, right? So to get started, pet peeves and neat freaks. Um, the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of a pet peeve is something that a particular person finds especially annoying. So in the hour, Anthony and I will be discussing some of our personal pet peeves, and we'll also be tackling the topic of being neat freaks, because it's also something that we share in common. Um, Anthony and I work together. Uh, our office is one door down from each other, and we've developed a really good friendship over my two years here at our company. So I would like to bring Anthony in, tell you a little bit more, have him tell you a little bit about himself, and then get into our hot topic of pet peeves. So let me get the drum roll going. All right, Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Joe. How you Thank doing? Thank you for having me on. Welcome, listeners. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode. Thank you so much again for inviting me to uh, be on. Uh, I'm excited. I think we have some funny topics to talk about today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we could put a microphone between our offices on a daily basis, it would be a sitcom, not a podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really I'm really stoked that we're able to do this one together. So without any further ado, I want to get into uh, the history of pet peeves. They've uh, they've been there since the beginning of time. They're unique to each individual. Um, but they can also be shared. You know, there's a lot of, you know, Anthony and I were talking in our in our show prep uh, over the course of the last week or so on different pet peeves that both of us have in our lives. And it was uncanny, the number of shared pet peeves that we have between us. Uh, so I think the best place to start uh, for both of us would be to talk about some of the most common, quote unquote, shared pet peeves. You know, there's a list that I, I was able to download from the Huffington Post that talks about like the top 50 highest ranked pet peeves across a large demographic, both male, female, uh, young and old. Basically, just things that bother the crap out of you on a daily basis that, you know, people put pen to paper and we're able to put together a list. And so Anthony and I are going to, um, you know, share a little bit about some of the the pet peeves that we have as well as tackle this list. And, you know, you don't have to feel bad about pet peeves. You know, it is who you are. The, these are the, the, the components that 
when put together, build you into the human that you are. So, you know, Anthony, what's... Well, Joe, like the definition says, it's something that a particular person finds annoying. For sure. And everyone's are going to be different, right? Right. A lot are going to be shared, yet (laughs) people still do them, which is amazing. Oh, I know. Like, when I looked at the list, there was so many things I saw that weren't as big a deal to me as some other things that I'm dying to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into the shared list. Um, You know, some of these Anthony and I are going to agree on. Other ones we might argue about in in regards to their ranking on the list. Um, But, you know, hey, we might even think that these Peptides aren't that bad. We'll have to see how how it plays out. So looking at the top five that were listed on this particular um, list that we got from the, the Huffington Post. Uh, number one were slow walkers. Now, I think a slow walker can be defined several different ways. They're the people that are, you know, meandering through the malls or meandering through the narrow grocery store aisles. Or one that I, I talked to Anthony about specifically because we travel a ton for work. Yes. And we're in airports and on planes on a regular basis. There is nothing worse than somebody taking up two-thirds of a people mover and just along for the freaking ride. I mean, these things were built to help facilitate people getting from terminal to terminal, gate to gate, in a quick and efficient manner. Um, They even paint them out. It says, you know, walk on the left, stand on the right. And for those of you who can read, there's signs that say stand on the right and walk on the left. So please feel free to take up the English language or go back to your school books or do whatever you have to do to read said sign oh. and walk on the left and stand off to the right. Because not all of us want to be behind the person that doesn't want to move. Some of us are on a connecting flight and really need to get to the gate that's a quarter of a mile away. I, I can't tell you how many times I've actually thought in my head and played out the whole O.J. Simpson Hertz commercial where I just <laughs> jump right over the fucking handrail and start bolting to my gate, Anthony. I mean, <laughs> there have been times where the plane is being held because I'm not at the gate yet. So I've got to get there as quick as I can. And Nana, who's just coming back with her husband from Florida from their snowbird vacation, has no interest in people movers and moving me quickly. She's just along for the ride. And, Joe, there's been times where I've had a connection and literally ran, got off the plane and ran to the next plane. And the first hour of my second flight, I was just sweating the whole time. Yeah, and try to cool down from running from gate to gate. There are not enough drink (laughs) napkins on an airplane (laughs) to sop up terminal sweat when you're I, running i i may or may not have bathed at ten thousand feet <laughs> once, we, once the sign went off oh i'm i'm not uh, i'm not afraid yeah. to admit i've taken a bird bath in, a, in an airplane bathroom you have to i mean you're not getting a lot of water pressure oh, but you can splash and get a spritz going you know uh number two on the list when your computer laptop or phone doesn't load the page or the app quick enough this was ranked number two most recently as the most annoying pet peeve that, you know, this generation has. So it begs the question, you know, do you freak out when your phone or your laptop doesn't, or your phone, you know, specifically your phone and apps. If you have an app that doesn't download quick enough for you, does that freak you out? Uh, Generally, no, unless I'm standing in line and I'm waiting for something to come up. 
like my plane ticket, oh, <laughs> the QR code yes. to get on the plane, that's a time where yeah. I might freak out. But in general, that really doesn't bother me. I'm surprised that that's so high, especially after compiling my own list. Absolutely. It, it doesn't rank high on my list, but I can tell you that I've sat and everybody who's listened to the previous episodes know that I talk about the lovely Kate on a regular basis. I have sat in line at Michael's literally counting the days until I die till they call us to the register. Cause I just don't want to be there. I'm not a craft store type of person, but I've gone and I've watched my wife literally lose her flip in mind <laughs> because the 25% off Michael's online coupon won't load because you're in a freaking metal building that's blocking all outside cell phone service and she's losing her mind so i for somebody like kate i can see where that would rank high for me it's not that big of a deal specifically now you know both you and i have iphones so we're prepared people that's one of the the things that anthony and i kind of appreciate about each other is we're very similar in certain ticks that we have like yes. anthony's very prepared i try to be very prepared we're try we try to be organized people it, it benefits us in business so when we travel a lot of times we'll put our boarding pass into our apple wallet so it's an on-demand quick grab for us but yeah that one that one struck me as odd that it was so high so joe yeah a, a little trick i have for any of for you or anyone else traveling is if i if i get my boarding pass online i take a screenshot of it Oh, nice. So now, now it's in your photos. Issue, now it's in my photos. So it's yeah. kind of like a backup. So if I have an issue, it's not loading in like two seconds. Right. I'm, I'm bouncing. I'm oh, bouncing. yeah. And I'm going to pull that immediately up just on my, uh, you know, on my camera. There is nothing worse than being in the cattle call at a Southwest gate and you have to get on the plane. You have number 26, 27, 28, and 29 are so close to you. You could tell what they had for lunch at Quiznos <laughs> and you can't load your boarding pass. It is, it's like sheer panic. Um, number three on the list is no surprise to me whatsoever. People who talk with their mouth full. That was number three of, I mean, I, I didn't even know that this still existed once you passed the age of 11. Um, but apparently it does. And people have an issue with talking with their mouth full. It's so gross. I mean, you're shooting food out at people. I, I don't want to overshare, but I can say that I have been recently in a meeting with someone who was mowing a salad. And at one point, a little tiny piece of Parmesan <laughs> came across the, the conference room table at me. And I felt like the Matrix. I was Joe, Neo. I had to. Across their, your bow, Joe. Oh, my God. I had to Neo out of the way. It was like, no, 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 Just to get out of the way of the Parmesan. I come on my way. But you, do you encounter that with adults? Like, I, I think of that so as like a kid thing. I, I would say. No, no, uh, really not with the, the mouth open. However, in a conversation with my wife prior to the show and talking to her, she said one of her pe pet peeves of mine is that sometimes I chew too loudly. Oh, my god! So gosh. while my mouth is closed, yeah. I'm, I'm somehow chewing too loudly. Yeah, that's a TFB. So. That's too fucking bad. If my mouth's closed and I'm not ejecting particles towards you, then I don't care how loud it is. You know, here's an idea. Just don't pay attention to me eating the chips. Here's that idea. Whatever you cooked, make it more moist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't put it on this list because it didn't rank high enough. Ah, yes. But the word moist, for some reason, that creeps people out. That's a pet peeve. It's never affected me that way. You? Uh, no, not really. However, you know, we're, we've listened to the same pretty much stations locally in Boston. Right. And that's been a topic on a few times over the last several years. Yeah. You know, a few of the radio personalities dislike that word. I don't, a bit, so I don't get it. It's, 
funny how it's it's made this list. I, I have a personal story that's attached to a word that was a pet peeve of a former employee of mine at another company. Um, it wasn't moist that bothered her. It was the word croissant. For some reason, and the more, and trust me, I'm one of those people, Anthony knows, but for the listeners that are listening, don't give me a tiny little something to dig my, my talons into, because the second I know something bothers you, I'll ride that pony till it's got no legs. It's on. Yeah, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> um, so the second she said that the word croissant bothered her, I would literally come to work every day with a small little Dunkin' Donuts bag, and I would go, Katie, I brought you a croissant. <laughs> She would dry heave, Anthony. It would for, and I don't understand how a word can do that. I sounds, I, I'll be honest, sounds can do that to me. If I hear, you know, I, I tell everybody with a set of ears, um, I'm a great dad. I think I am. I try to be. But if my kid's puking, unless you want me to join the party, I can't help. If I hear it, see it, smell it, I join the party. It's one of those weird things. Puke and vomit. Joe, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the same way, Joe. I, you know, if someone's throwing up over there, it's really, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. But if I'm close and I get a whiff of it. Oh, it's over. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to join the party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's terrible, but I don't want to get too far afield. Um, Number four on the list that ranked out were slow drivers in the left and or middle lane creating their own traffic jam. So depending upon where you live in this great country, your interstate speed limit is anywhere between 55 and 75 miles an hour. Um, I've seen it as high as 75 in Texas. I've seen it as low as 55 in Ohio. So I know that that's kind of the range for the speed limit. Yes. If you're in the left or the middle lane and you're driving sub 70, you should have your teeth kicked in. (laughs) Seriously. Because you're an asshole. Joe, at that point, Massachusetts. No, at that point, you're creating a traffic jam. You're creating more traffic behind you. Get over to the right. That's why they made that lane. Yeah, and I think that might be especially true in our region of the country. Oh, for sure. Uh, a, a friend of mine who's an officer of the law <laughs> once publicly stated that the people of Massachusetts view speed limits as suggestions. <laughs> uh, the people of New Hampshire do as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I find that to be very funny because it is very true, you know. Uh, and if you are driving very slow in one of those lanes, it is terribly annoying. And I can see 100% why that was on this list. I, and as I said to you earlier, Joe, in show prep, I think we could do – an entire episode about automobile pet peeves. Oh my gosh. And I think we should call it the grind your gears episode. And yeah, go at it. <laughs> absolutely. Hell, I'll leave that one with, I am a firm believer that your driving record should be indicative of the speed you're allowed to drive. So for instance, <laughs> if you listen to the last podcast, sure episode six, <laughs> I talked about stress and things that were, you know, stress coping with it, um, how it's a universal feeling. And one of the things that I, I kind of hammered home was that, you know, one of my big stressors is my son's turning 16 in June. He's yep. going to want his license. Um, I'm not worried about my car. I'm worried about him being a guided missile on the highway with little to zero experience. On, on the flip side of that coin, knock on wood, I have existed for almost 30 years, 29 years with my license. At no point have I ever hit 
nor been hit by anybody else. I've avoided accidents. I've seen them transpire right in front of me. I may have caused a few while weaving my way through. I'm an offensive, defensive driver. That being said, I should be allowed to drive as fast as I effing want because I'm not a danger on the highway. Now, the where's the beef lady from Medford that's driving up Route 93 from Boston and she can barely see over the steering wheel. She's still driving with two feet and wood blocks on the pedals. That lady should be restricted to 35 miles an hour. And she should have, do you remember the cartoons when we were kids, the cars of the future? It was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. There was one that was all chrome bumper entirely surrounding the car. It tapped a wall real gently and the car inside crumbled. That should be her car. Um, Me, on the other hand, I, I should be able to drive as fast as I want because I'm not hitting anybody and I'm not a danger. I think your luck right might run out if we employ this strategy, Joe. Oh, for sure. No, there's no doubt. I mean, I haven't. I'm just saying. One of my bucket lists is to, before they start imposing speed limits, is to have the ability to go to the Audubon and just drive. I mean, I've created an Audubon in Massachusetts and New Hampshire on occasion um, by driving at a speed, you know, at, at, at times where there's nobody else on the road, late, late night or early, early morning where I've tested my car's performance ability. Um, I don't want to admit to anything, but I would say the triple digits have been touched in various cars that I've owned. Um, but I would really love the opportunity to go to Germany and do it on such a flat surface, you know, where, where the road is just so beautiful. But again, I have a tendency to wander off the path. So number five on the list, I, I happen to think that this specific one um, was pulled by a majority of women, but it was number five on the list, and it was the toilet seat being left up. Now, Anthony, you and I both have a spouse and children. Is this a pain point at your house at all? Uh, you know, the pain point at my house is getting my two children to lift up the seat before they pee. Ah, yeah, <laughs> no, I hear te- you. The tendency there is they're pissing all over the, the toilet seat, yeah. and we're trying to get them to consistently lift it up. I think if my wife had to stop cleaning pee off the toilet, <laughs> off the heating, the, the heating, you know, the heating system yeah. and the floor, I think she would be happy to have them leave the seat up. Oh, for sure. Know. So in my house, it would be the seat up, not down, you know, putting it up and not putting it down after for sure. Well, 100%. I will say that at my house, um, so I have a, a stepdaughter and a spouse. So both women and then three boys plus myself. So the ladies are outnumbered, but we've, we've successfully got everybody to lift the seat when they pee, put it down when they're done. And the ladies haven't complained. That being said, that's not universal. And you know it because we work in an office that is about a 50, 50 split men and women. Um, There were, there was a time probably what, six, eight months ago where I went into our corporate bathroom that's right down the the hall from both of our offices, and there were pictures and notices (laughs) stuck to the wall telling us that um, please please be kind and drop the seat when we're done because somebody might have, I don't know, had a little birdbath at one point, might have fallen in, not not looking to see where they were sitting. (laughs) Joe, the the real funny thing about that when it happened was I immediately thought back and if my memory serves me correct, it was like in the 80s when Bill Cosby was doing his big stand-up <laughs> tours. And he did this bit yeah. about his wife telling them to, you know, uh, to put the seat up when they peed. Right. So I remember this, and I'm like, oh, my God. He did this whole bit, and it was so funny. 
about how at that time the big thing like was put the seat up. Right. Now it's put the put seat down. down. I mean, can we win? Right. And no, then, we can't. Another show. That's an, you know, it's another yeah. podcast. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Oh yeah. See how it's changed. Could be a whole other episode. Can we win? And I remember this. Oh, I absolutely. This being a thing like you know. Put the seat up when you pee. Put the seat up when you pee. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you, at the end of the day, having that memory of Bill Cosby is good for you. Because the other memory of nope. you know, giving the people the pills when the people didn't want the pills, that's not a good memory of Bill. Those, those were good, good yep. young memories yep. of funny comedy. You want to remember now, Mr. Huxtable and Jello Pudding Pops only. Not Mr. Lupon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Mr. Daydrug. Um, so honorable mentions from the list. So that was the top five. I thought that was a good list. Um, of pet peeves. There were a couple of um, I highlighted from the, the top 50 list, some things that I thought sure. were, were good fits for honorable mentions. Um, they might be specific to me. You may have no problem with them. I'm suffering with one right now. We're in Anthony's office doing this podcast and sunlight creeping through the window, <laughs> like through the blades right into my eyes. Huge pet peeve. There's no way around it either. I mean, right now, people, you have to understand we're probably an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes from sunset that that sun is like literally right across at eye level from me right now oh joe just think of how bad it would be if you were laying in bed oh oh you know it lends itself to to the way you kind of put together your bedroom you know you have to think about these things you know what does my morning light look like what is my you know hey my neighbor's gonna watch me jump out of bed in the morning i mean I'm cool with it. I'm sure they're not. Which uh, is why I marched my ass to Lowe's and got room darkening shades. Oh, yeah. You need them. You absolutely need them. Um, oh, this one, Anthony, I, we travel. So you, this one has to okay. be a shared pet Give peeve. Okay. When people watch videos or listen to music on public transportation without headphones. <laughs> hey, I'll add to that. I don't need to understand your family dynamics through your effing FaceTime when we're on the bus to the rental car place together. Oh, Joe, you know, it's funny you mention that because that's where I think I notice it the most. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. Why is that? Because those, those buses aren't filled with people. There's like eight people. And somebody has to sit right across from you and talk to ga- grandmama and tell her about how the flight was wonderful and we had a decent landing and things were great. And that's all. That's all wonderful. Here's an idea. Drop a buck 58 and buy yourself some AirPods or be cheap. Use the ones that come with your phone. But I don't need to hear both sides of your conversation. In fact, it wouldn't even be a pet peeve of mine if all I had to do was listen to your conversation one-sided, you talking into a phone. At that point, I can zone you out. But when I have such a curiosity, when I hear people talking, that if I can hear both sides of a conversation, I might as well have a bucket of popcorn and a soda. I'm ready to go. It's go, it's go time. For me, I'm usually like, what's this maniac talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, this one this one drives me nuts. Um, when people clink their teeth on forks and they take a bite of food. I might be guilty of this. No, I, I've eaten with you. You don't. Um, I so, have um, seen okay. people that do. And it's almost like metal on metal. It's so, like, kink. So, okay, so th- I, you're right. I do not do that. I, my my oldest son and I have the habit of sometimes when we eat with a fork, when we remove the fork, yeah, our teeth scrape the fork. Oh, oh, oh I just got the chills. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm sorry, Joe. Oh no, that's okay. I'm glad you haven't noticed. No, I haven't noticed a darn thing. Sorry, good. Um, oh, this one 
This one, the the you know, we'll stick to pizza and burgers. Yes, pizza and burgers works great. We could do an entire podcast on where Anthony and I eat. Uh, <laughs> I will just tease this for a future episode. Not only has he eaten every item on the menu, but he can also tell you caloric content and nutritional basis of anything at Denny's. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that right there. Um, but this was on the list too. When you're talking to someone and they won't stop staring at their phone screen. Have you ever had a conversation like, you know, you and I, we're in sales, so we deal with buyers. It doesn't typically happen. They give us a specific time frame. We're in the office with them. It's, it's as interpersonal one-on-one as it could yeah. possibly be. However, have you ever been talking to somebody, say you're outside of a baseball game, or you're about to go into, you know, you're tailgating, you're out with friends, and you're having a backyard barbecue. You're having, yeah. having a burger and a dog with somebody, and you're talking to them. And they're balls deep in their screen. They're not paying Just attention to you. Scrolling through Facebook. Oh, and they're yesing you to death. That's when I, I want to start saying like weird stuff. Like, you know, yesterday I dipped my own stuff in some Texas peat and it burned a little. I mean, I just want to say something to see exactly what the response is going to be. Because you know it's going to be, oh, that, that sounds great. Um, I'm just scrolling through my next, my, oh, it drives me absolutely insane. Here's an idea, people. When you're having a one-on-one conversation with somebody, eye contact. It's an awesome thing. Give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> One of those okay. things. So that that brings me before we get to our individual pet peeves. Oh yeah. That brings me to one that I didn't put on the list, but you just reminded me of. When someone shakes your hand and they don't look you in the eye. Oh. I don't know why that drives me so crazy. And I understand <laughs> that some people have personality flaws or issues or confidence issues or whatever it might be, but for whatever reason, that drives yeah. me. Look me in the eye and don't shake my fingers. Have you ever gotten a handshake by the person who just grabs your fingers and shakes it? It's it's ridiculous. My my hand is not a rose. Yeah, my hand. Don't be afraid. Right. Just give me a firm handshake. I I don't care if you pull me in. I don't care if you do the double over, the the shake, the the hang in, pull close. Whatever you want to do with the handshake, just make it a handshake. Don't. Don't give me the dead fish church, peace be with you handshake. That drives me absolutely berserk. I, I only want that handshake when I turn around and the 80-year-old woman in church is going to shake my hand. I don't mind it then. Oh, no. I'll I take that. I want to be very clear. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's when it's okay. But if, <laughs> if you're a man or, or a young man or even, you know, someone my son's age who's 12, if you're going to shake someone's hand, give it a shake. Oh, Absolutely. So that's going to lead us to our personal top five. Yes. Because I think that's a great place to start. Yes. I, I, Joe, I just kept going. I went to 10. <laughs> I, I know we don't have that problem, but I, I, I was like an avalanche once I started. That's good. Um, I'll go with mine first. Go. It's a sound effect. Uh, this drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> People that slurp their drinks literally should be decapitated uh, or they should be forced to take fluids intravenously because it, it, it's one of those, it's like the, the, the fork on the teeth or the nails on the chalkboard. I, it almost gives me chills. I, I struggled to slurp out of my coffee cup just now because it's such a, a pet peeve of mine. So that, that's my number one, my overall like drive me crazy one. What's your number one? Before I get to that, Joe, I used to work with a guy who would drink water out of coffee cups at work all the time. Oh. 
and he would pretend it was hot soup. And he would drink it like that. <laughs> oh. he would, was he doing it for comedic relief? He or was, was, okay. and it was, and it, and it was funny. Yeah. You know, because you'd be like, ooh, that's so hot, you yeah. know. Uh, but I'm just thinking how much that would have driven you crazy if you had worked with them. Or maybe it would have relieved that pressure for you. I, I don't know. I think it would have <clears> – <throat> I think the first couple of times I'd have been okay. After six months of you pretending that you're drinking hot soup every friggin' morning when we all know it's ice cold water, I'd probably, I don't know, hide his coffee cup or break oh, it. that's hilarious. But, okay, so my number one is, and Joe, as Joe mentioned, uh, – just to refresh the audience, we travel a bit for work, okay? And, and by a bit, Anthony means 60 to 70% of our time. Okay, so we travel a bit for work, and one of the things I've noticed on at least once on every one of my trips for like the last two to three years is at least once I'll go into a bathroom oh. and I will witness someone take a leak at the urinal, and walk directly out the door. Oh. And this, to me, is it was the first thing that came to my mind. It's the first thing on my list. It absolutely, it's disgusting, first of all. Yeah. Let's just start there. Hy- hygienically, oh, so gross. it's gross. You're in an airport. You're touching your boarding pass, your phone. Your luggage. Your luggage. Other people are handling your luggage. Oh. You know, if you see someone or you're with colleagues, you're shaking their hands or... Meeting someone, I, I mean, just think about that for a yeah. second. You, you've pissed, you've <laughs> held your dick and pissed and walked out into an airport Ugh. and you're spreading that shit everywhere. Yeah. Please, people, wash your goddamn hands. <laughs> and Please. wash them thoroughly to the appropriate amount of time. And if your bathroom happens to have a hand sanitizer on the way out, hit it up. It's so, free, so, people. So, and to that point, I literally... When I go into the airport, you know that we hear re- we travel, so we hear reports all the time. Hey, the best thing you can do if you're traveling is just make sure you wash your hands frequently, right? Yeah. I'm scrubbing up like I'm going to do a brain surgery. Oh, for sure. When I'm leaving that bathroom. Yeah. You know, if, when I get off the plane, first thing I usually do is go to the bathroom. I want to scrub up just from being on the plane. Oh, yeah. Never mind adding the element of going to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. Put the gloves on me. I'm, I'll open your brain up. Right. <laughs> I am sanitized, but I can't. I just can't wrap my head around men that go into the men's room, handle their junk, and then walk out into the world, especially in that atmosphere where so many people can come in contact with that. So I, I don't want to go off track too far, but it's forcing me to tell you this quick story. Go. And it doesn't, it doesn't involve hand washing, but the, the fact that you mentioned urinals and, and airport bathrooms. So I want to do an episode down the road. That's all about weird fears, just things that that inherently are personal to you, but they are hilarious to other people. So one of mine is at an airport bathroom that doesn't have partitions between the urinals. I am definitely afraid of somebody turning to talk to me and pissing all over me. I don't know why. It's just a fear I have. So I will purposely go into the stalls and I'm not I'm not dropping trow and laying logs. I, I'm just going in there to pee because I want the privacy. I want to have that, yep. that feeling of safeness, even though I know I am literally shutting the door of a germ box. Uh, <laughs> so, Joe, personally, I'm not a urinal talker. <laughs> you know? That's good to know. And, and for those of you who are out there that are urinal talkers, um, based on Joe's fear, knock it off. I, I would I would say turn at the neck and not at the hips. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. 
That's perfect. So next on my list, um, and again, these are my personal ones. Um, doesn't rank that high on my list, but people who don't, you know, it kind of ties in with our cleanliness theme. People who don't cover when they sneeze or cough. Now, I can extrapolate that out to airplanes. Um, you know, the worst is when, it, when you know it's the seat behind you. So you're in the you're in the window seat and it's the window seat behind you. I'll take a kid kicking me on a three hour flight over a lady that's bird flu full blown coming at me with an uncovered sneeze. It's I literally, Anthony, will hold my breath. I try to directionally make the little you know how they have the yep. little air conditioners above yep. your seat, the airflows. I will directional that thing so that to the, the top of your head so yep. that the top of my head is fluttering in the breeze. And yep. it's, everybody knows Anthony and I have pretty short haircuts. Um I will allow the to aerodynamic itself through the gel and, and try to blow the sneeze back in their face because I can't handle it. It drives me absolutely insane. Um, people that cough openly, like at a movie theater or if you're at the mall and you're walking by somebody and they just turn towards you and start, I, yeah. I just want to grab them and go, you fucking animal. You're like, cover up. Cover be, your mouth. Be considerate. That's that, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. Yep. So I, I have the urge occasionally to yell, inside of the elbow! <laughs> <laughs> Literally, don't make me treat you like my children. Ah, but you have to sometimes. Yes. What's, a, what's another one you got on your list? Oh, You uh, should see Anthony's I, list, people. It's huge. <laughs> again, this is, this is part of the grinds my gears episode. <laughs> um, drivers that don't follow the zipper driving merge. And if those of you don't know what that is, I urge you <laughs> to Google or YouTube the zipper driving merge. And that's when you have two sets of two lanes of cars that are going to be reduced to one lane. And it's a method. Think of the zipper on your sweatshirt or your pants. And if you look at it closely, they're staggered. So in the zipper driving method, it's the quickest method to get through traffic where a car on the left goes and then a car on the right goes. Right. And then a car on the left goes and then a car on the right goes. And it's, it's orderly. Joe, to your point about <laughs> us being orderly and neat and meticulous. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all those things. It's quicker. And there's always at least two or three hardos that don't <laughs> want to let the person in as if oh, yeah. that four seconds that they're relinquishing is going to get them home so they don't shit their pants or something. I don't know what the story <laughs> is there, but I'm telling you that absolutely drives me bananas when I see people pulling that shit where they're, you know, they're not letting the person go in when it's that person's sure. turn. It's just, and it should be noted that Anthony and I take the same, just about the same route home every night. Um, and we encounter that on the, the major yep. interstate, right? We are only going up one exit, people. But the right, the right two lanes merge into one right before our exit. And you'll see people doing that stagger where it's two, three cars just bumper to bumper yep. trying to make sure that they don't let anybody else in. It's, it's staggering. It, so, it bothers and, me. And, Joe, let me just add quickly that I'm not saying – so, yeah, I'm not a savage. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that if the guy on the right is looking at his effing phone oh. and he's not paying attention and I'm on the left, I'm not waiting for that asshole right. to go because it's his turn. Right. I'm going to go. 
I'm saying in a cer- in a circumstance yeah. where everyone's paying attention, and, and you know, like you're thing. supposed to be doing yeah, exactly. when you're driving like a giant hunk of metal. Exactly. So, I have I have another one that to kind of ties into your your car theme. Um, it's a huge pet peeve of mine, and I I don't want to call her out, but I I can't help it. It's a podcast, and this is where I bear my soul. Um, I love the lovely Kate. But if she touches my effing AC or radio one more time from the passenger seat, you know, it's a dual climate control. I saw that on the list, Joe. Oh, there's a dual climate control in my car. Hey, I don't – She to know my wife is to know that she is a thermonuclear reactor. For some reason, the woman runs hotter than anybody you've ever met in your life. So she has – She runs hot. She runs hot. She runs hot. She's got to have the like AC. an engine. Yeah. She just runs hot. She's got to have the AC got set it. at 60 degrees at all times. Um. I don't suffer from that problem. In fact, I'm actually the opposite. I'm more cold than I am hot. So I like to keep the internal temperature somewhere between, you know, 68, 70 degrees on my side. She doesn't even know how to use dual climate control. So she sits there and just twists knobs until she figures out how to make it just blow straight cold in my face. Um, or, and, and again, this, this is a slightly, it's a, it's a twist off of this one. Um, when I'm driving... I don't on a highway. When I hit speeds of 45 or greater, I don't want my windows open. I don't care what time of the year it is. I really just don't like the wind hitting my face. It's just one of those things where, for some reason, the, the sound bounces around in my ears. drives me absolutely insane. So I'm completely fine. Hey, we're on a car ride. You're going 20, 30 miles an hour down your town streets. Hey, roll down the windows. Yell at your neighbors. Blare your music. I could give two squirts. We're on the highway. Roll up your freaking windows, you know. And the worst is when you just crack it and it whistles. Oh, also, don't touch my effing radio, at all. Like, I have like six presets. That's worse. Have you ever been in a car with somebody who decides that they're going to rechange the presets that you've already set? Ugh. I'll break your fingers. I really will. Like, <laughs> I give you a warning shot right off the bat. I'll do the hand slap, and <laughs> then I'll go. Don't touch the radio. Well, Joe, this is why I drive when we go to lunch. Right? Exactly. Hey, do I ever take any chance? Do I ever touch your radio? No. no, I don't. Because I respect that's your vehicle, you know. But it, so that that that's kind of where I'm at with that. Oh my God. Okay, so one for me. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I would. I know deep down this is probably. I, I don't know. If petty is the right word. <laughs> but when I hold the door for someone or. I wave someone to go in traffic, like yeah. stopped, and I'm saying, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to let you merge on. Yeah. And they don't say thank you. Oh. I'll give you the hand. Yeah. And I know that I should be – I'm doing it because yeah. it's the right thing to do. I'm sure. being courteous, yeah. right? You're but a Where's right. the return courtesy, right? right? Where's the return courtesy? And I'm not doing it for the thank you. Right. I'm just saying be civilized. Right. I'm on a mission to civilize, yeah. Joe. I yeah. guess that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's great. I'm on a mission to civilize. Just say thanks. Yeah. Hey, thank you. I, I never. You know what? I'm not the fucking doorman at Macy's <laughs> when I'm walking in the mall. You know, they can, those jobs stopped like 80 years ago. Right. You know. Right. I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and for the most part, people uh, people are appreciative. They do say thank you. I just don't understand how there's people still running around out there who are not courteous. I just died on. You know, what's funny is you, you made it a point earlier to say you're not a savage. I will tell you. I am an unabashed savage. Um, <laughs> I don't expect you to say thank you when I hold the door for you. I, to your point, I was raised right. I'm going to do it. I don't care if you're a man, a woman, or a child. If, if I see you're coming up behind me, I'll, I'll hold the door for you. You come in first. I don't mind. Um, there's really only two instances where I don't do that. Number one, 
if it's a restaurant that I know the wait's already 45 minutes, yeah, I'm going to get ahead of you on that waiting list. So if we're coming up to the door at the same time, Tushitsky's, hold the door. Yeah, you're coming racing. To, yeah, you're coming, to, racing. you're coming to the food restaurant too. <laughs> so am I. Um, but where I do turn into a, a full-blown savage is when I'm driving. If I wave you into the lane and I don't get the hand or I don't get the thank you, there are some things that I say to my windshield that would make my windshield blush. Uh, <laughs> and if, and if, if, if I've said those to you and you've developed syphilis or leprosy, it's because I've wished it on you. Uh, <laughs> we call that the malocchia. <laughs> yeah. In Italian, it's called yeah. the malocchia. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a finger gesture. It's a look. It's a, it's a curse. Um, you've been cursed. And, and, and Joe, you know what? I guess on the list from the people that I don't say thank you to, I mean, that don't say thank you to me. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm in a not so good mood, I will openly say, you're welcome after not getting the thank oh, you. Oh, I've done that a few so times. I might be on their list as yeah. the person who says you're welcome when I haven't said thank you. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I've done that more than a couple of times. And it's, you know what it is? You got to be selective. You know, the dude who's 6'5", 280 <laughs> pounds, and he's wearing, you know, Levi's that look like he wore them in high school. He's got there. a Hell's Angels vest on? Yeah. <laughs> that guy? I don't yeah. care if he says thank you. <laughs> my inside voice called him an asshole, but my outside voice is very well adapted to the filter. Good point. Good point. Um, so my last one, which I think will tie us into the next segment, um, I'm going to hold off on. I want one more from you before I tie mine into our next segment. Oh, geez. I want to pick one from the rest of my list if I can only have one more. Uh, okay. So I'm going to say this. When, when I'm sharing a pizza with someone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We share pizza weekly, people. <laughs> yeah, you may or may not be this. Oh, man. <laughs> Son of a gun. No, no. So when I'm sharing a pizza, or I wouldn't even say when I'm sharing it. If I'm anywhere yeah. and there's a box of pizza involved, yeah. party, yeah. home, whatever. If I... If if you take a slice of pizza yeah. and don't shut the box upon extraction, oh, I know I'm good. And we're losing heat on the pizza. Yeah. I'm very angry. Good. I'm just uh, I, that is a pet peeve of mine. Shut the box. Let's keep it fresh, people. You know, <laughs> I don't want it cold when I go into the next slice. Right. You know? No, I'm I, just saying. I can appreciate that. I I feel better now knowing that you know you and I go out for pizza weekly and we we don't have that issue. Yeah. I, I'm also a believer in. For me though because I'm such a creepy freak upstairs. To me, it's a germ prevention, even though I know it's not. <laughs> it's germ prevention, you know? So, Joe, now I know you're shutting the box so I don't cough. And no, it has nothing to do with you. It's the people around us. I, I hate the people around me. I, I, love, I, I love my family. I love my friends. Got it. Um, I hate people in general. So I, I'll tie in my last one, which kind of ties us into the next segment. And that's the next segment's going to be all about being neat freaks. And I'm, an, I'm a fully unabashed, admittedly strong, neat freak. Uh, so this pet peeve kind of ties into that. And the best part is, people, the reason I brought Anthony on this with me is because he, too, shares some of the same <laughs> neat freak idiosyncrasies that I share. Um, so sink versus dishwasher. It's a, the struggle's real at my house. So I have four children. Okay, they, they range in age 16 15, 14, and 10. Three boys and a girl. And the lovely Kate. All five of them will, for reasons I can't explain, 
put dishes into a sink when literally eight inches to the right <laughs> is a fully emptied dishwasher ready to receive said dirty dishes. Now, I'm a neat freak. I'm not so much so to like my mother's level where my mother used to wash the dishes. And I shit you not, Anthony, she would wash them with soap, rinse them, then put them in the dishwasher. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's bananas. So I, I would say my neat freak thing here is I believe that, I, you know, I don't wash them first, but being a man, I like a power wash. Right? Yeah. So I like a hot, hot water power wash. Just rinse them. Yes. Get whatever's stuck on there. Just moist. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> moist. Yeah. <laughs> moist, you know, and try to get it off or at least yeah. get it moist and then put it in the dishwasher. For and sure. Dishwasher 100% of the time is going to do the job and you're not going to have to run through something twice or even worse. Joe, you know, you've run the dishwasher a million times in your house. If you put something in there and it has cheese on it oh. and that doesn't come off and then it goes through the drying cycle. It's never coming off. It's not. It's it's like you've, now, you've used PL Loctite. Yeah. It's not coming off. You've now textured that plate yeah. and forever. And if you want it off, <laughs> I, folks, I'm just going to break this to you. You're, you're scratching that plate. <laughs> yeah, with a putty knife and a hammer. Uh, so that takes us into the Neat Freak segment. And fortunately... We have about 15 minutes left in the show, which I think is just about perfect time to cover Neat Freaks from a very surface surface view. Um, there's a fine line between being a Neat Freak and suffering from OCD. Uh, <laughs> and anybody that's listened to my episode so far know that I, I proclaim myself and, and my Neat Freak quirks um, just about in every episode. And I'm not alone. Um, I have a guest tonight who also shares some of my neat and orderly um, views on the way things should be in life. Um, you know, I can tell you both that Anthony and I both come from predominantly Italian American families. And if you look at that lineage that goes back, you know, two generations when our great grandparents or our grandparents immigrated to the United States, um, it was depressionary. Everything was saved. Um, you know, there were no, you know, leftovers were eaten the next night. You know, it wasn't like you put leftovers in the fridge and they sit there until they grow into something different. Um, so because that became such a learned behavior for us as children, um, it, it stuck with me. I know it stuck with you, too. There are certain Absolutely. things, certain things that I carry forward into adulthood in my parental style um, that, you know, feeds into the neat freak psychosis. Also certain things you don't carry in because of that. Oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, two things I don't carry in. Um, my mother, and I shared this with Anthony like two days ago, my mother, seriously, had it been an Olympic sport, would have been a three-time gold medalist in pot top throwing and wood spoon javelin. Uh, <laughs> she, could, she could bend a wood spoon around a door frame like Beckham with the ball to the net. Yeah. It was sick. She was Olympic level. Um, you know, obviously can't parent that way these days, but I don't want to get down that, that path tonight. I want to stick with, you know, the neat freaks that we are and why we are the way we are. I mean, I, I, I blame my mother, my grandmother. Um, they were super clean people all the time. My mother, for reasons I can't explain when I was growing up, we had the quintessential stereotypical formal living room. The formal living room had a heavy gauge plastic form-fitted cover for the two couches in that living room. There was a candy dish 
that we weren't even allowed to have the candy from. And my grandmother, you know, my mother used to joke and say, well, your grandmother's, she keeps that living room perfect for when company comes. But whenever company came, nobody ever went in that living room. So I used to joke that she was keeping it for at the time it was Pope John Paul II. Pope John Paul could come over at any, sing, at any time and Nani wanted to make sure that the house was set Correct. up for him. Correct. So Joe, you know what I liken it to? It's the room is like a the room is like a museum room. Yeah. It's for when people come over, they look and say, "Wow." Yeah. Look at how neat and organized and nice the house looks. Right. You see the lines in the rug. The couch is perfect. It's got the plastic on it. Oh yeah. You know, the candy dish is perfect or the, you know, the oh, yeah. dish or whatever. Yep. But it's the looks. Oh yeah. The other living room had a couch right out of uh, all in the family. Did you ever leave the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly. No. We went kitchen and we had this thing that they called the den. And literally, it was a couch that looked like it came from all in the family. It was like corduroy no, almost. Was, the den was like down the hall. Oh, yeah. Oh, it wasn't anywhere near the formal yes, living room. Correct. No, absolutely not. You didn't, the assume, museum, you didn't want to associate the den was down there. Yeah, we don't take the people down there. No. We stood the kitchen next to the, <laughs> the living room. And pretty much you never go in the living room. You just stay in the kitchen and. You know, you, they, my grandmother would grab, my grandmother would make coffee, and oh yeah, she would pull out you know cutlets that she made three days ago, you know, and just fire them up and make something to eat. That, so how that's is just the way it was? So how is that from the upbringing that you had to now wife and two kids? Has that bled into your daily life with them? Well, luckily the plastic on the couch hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, we, I'm a firm believer in, in living, right? Right. So as you mentioned, and admittedly, I'm very neat. I'm very meticulous, right? Um, But I grew up, my parents really didn't want me laying on the couch or putting my feet up on the couch. Right. fear that it would wear the couch out faster or whatever, whatever the reasons. It was germs. Like, you know, (laughs) whatever, you know. Uh, but for me, I'm like, no, anything goes. You want to lay on the couch, yeah. lay on the couch. I purposely bought couches with recliners. Oh, nice. Know, so, you know, in, in that regard, I think I'm a little more lax. Yeah. Um, but overall, still very clean and very neat. You know, my mother, she taught me the value of cleaning at an early age when I was, you know, between 10 and 15 or so. I had chores and I, I got paid an allowance to do chores. Yep. So I cleaned floors, I cleaned the stairs, yep. I vacuumed the rugs, yep. you know, I, you know, I wiped down walls, you know, whatever. I had a list of things and, and I earned, I earned money for doing those things. Absolutely. But the house always looked good. It was a relief on my mom who was working, who was a working mother as well. Um, so I learned those things and those are the things that really, uh, I'm trying to pass on to my kids just being neat, being organized, and not having, you know, not having the house look like a bomb hit it. And Joe, you know, so like you've heard the Sebastian Maniscalco skit when he, oh, companies sure. come in and yes. something like that. And now it, he really it was onto something because now a company really doesn't come over. No. You know, so it's not like you have to be on the ready. Right. I mean, if we know someone's coming over, sure. Sure. We're going to tidy up a little more. Yeah. Um, but my house isn't certainly. It isn't a mess on a regular basis. I just could never live like that. It, I'll tell you, Anthony, it, it's come to a head in my house. I mean, as I, as I alluded to earlier, it's a five on one struggle. You know, even, yeah. even the fabulous Kate, 
and, and I don't have super high standards. My standard is not Pope John Paul and, and plastic furniture, yeah. but my, my standard has always been, I want the house presentable enough that if a stranger came to our door and needed to use the phone or, you know, nobody has house phones anymore, but you know, if somebody came to the house and needed something and you welcomed them into your house, you wouldn't feel embarrassed to have them go beyond the mudroom. Um, So that's kind of my, that's my, my Mason Dixon line. That's my line of cleanliness that I try to maintain in the house. Um, Actually, you know, sharing again, had a conversation with the group last week and said, I've had enough, you know, if you come home and, you know, we've done the allowance thing. We've, you know, for us, it's all about online gaming. So, Hey, if I do, instead of giving me cash, can you just put money in my Xbox account? Can you put money in my steam account? And, you know, I do that and I don't mind doing it, but I had this conversation with them last week where I said, enough's enough. You know, you're not pulling your weight. If you were, if you worked for a company, I wouldn't be paying you. I'd be firing you. You, you, All five of you would be unemployed. Um, You know, and a lot of that is self-imposed. You know, I go home, I use cooking dinner as my therapy. You know, that's kind of where I unwind. I do have a 40 minute commute home, but that's not enough. I need to kind of get into my space. So if I get home and there's shit all over the counter, crumbs everywhere, there's some sort of mystery moisture on the counter that I don't know what it, you know, what it originated from. It it really, it, it frazzles me as if, I were an OCD patient that couldn't touch a doorknob. And that was one of my things. Like I had to touch the door, touch the door, touch the door, turn the knob. Um, And I've alluded to that before that some people, you know, and I'm not making a ton of fun of it, but some people can be completely incapacitated by some of their OCD tics. Um, I find that this is so trying to me as a person. When I walk into the house after a long day at the office, we all, you know, hearkening back to last night's episode about stress, you know, you carry a lot of stress with you. So any opportunity that you have to release or reduce your stress, people should work with you, especially if you're openly communicating. These are stressors for me, you know, a dirty house. That's a stressor for me. Um, You know, turning my trash can into Mount fucking Everest, you know, it becomes a Jenga puzzle. You know, how, how many can we put the gallon of milk on top of the empty half gallon of ice cream next to the empty wrappers from the, the candy bar that we had earlier and next to the apple core? You know, you think that'll teeter? I don't know. Let's see if it'll stand. You know, how about you just pull the bag and bring it out to the trash, you know, like you're supposed to do. Um, I fold laundry. I, I don't mind folding. To me, again, that's another therapy thing. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not a particular fan of washing it yep. and drying it but I will fold it and I'll match socks, which is something that drives other people's absolutely bananas. Um, doesn't bother me at all. But when I put your clothes out, if they're out for a day, I'm okay. If they're out for two days, I'm annoyed. If they're out for three days, I'm conspiring to figure out how I can mess with you. If they're out four <laughs> days, I hide them. And I wait for you to come to me going, I don't have any clothes. Well, you don't have any clothes because I did them five effing days ago. And I hid them in my office. Now go find them. Now it's a scavenger hunt um, because I need some enjoyment out of this. Oh, boy. So, yeah, th- those are some of the challenges that I have with my boys. That's your pet, pet peeve list. Oh, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It, it is definitely. I mean, I could, do, I, could, I could talk for hours on things that bother me. Um, but I wanted to get into, like, our top five neat freak idiosyncrasies, things that are specific to you that you think are, you know, interesting, different um, maybe they're universal. I don't know. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm all about having my tools. Oh yes. In an orderly, 
in an orderly place. Like I have, as you know, I'm renovating a house that I bought about seven months ago. I've been doing a ton of work and I still, at the end of every time I do a project, at the end of that day, I'm putting every tool back in my tool bag yep. where I got it out of. Yes. And when I take it to the next project, everything is exactly where it should be. Yep. I, as soon as I need something, I'm not looking for it. I'm not wasting time looking for it. I'm taking the time. It's only a couple of minutes at the end of the day to put everything back where it goes. So that's that's one of my huge things is just with my tools. Yeah. And I, and I have the same the same problem. I mean, I don't have a ton of tools. I have a decent-sized toolbox with a couple of drawers. And it got to the point, because I, I don't chalk line out where everything goes, but I know yeah. what, what goes in the top, what goes in each of the four drawers. And I have the, my wrenches set up, U.S. and metric, yep. by size, by ratchet. I have everything set up the way I want it. After about three or four times of continuously telling my kids, if you take it, go into my toolbox. I don't care. If you take a tool, when you're done, put it back. Yep. Put it back where you found it. Yes. You know, don't just open the top of the toolbox and throw it in, yes. especially if it's a screwdriver that came from the screwdriver draw. That's labeled because I'm a psycho. Um, <laughs> but each of my draws is labeled wrenches, open-ended, and closed. Yep. Adjustables, screwdrivers. Um, I just do that so that I know when I'm looking in a hurry and I need to grab, you know, a Phillips, I know what, what drawer it's in where to grab it. It says it right there, screwdrivers. I open it up there, my Phillips, and then there are my standards. So I got to the point of actually putting a combination lock on my toolbox. Oh. So I, I have like five tools that I leave outside. One is an adjustable open-ended wrench. The other is a small hammer, um, a Phillips, a standard, and an Allen wrench, like a universal Allen. Yep. I leave that out. If the kids need anything beyond that, they need to come see me because yeah, otherwise – it's a stressor, you know, it, it's one of my little neat yep. freak things. So I totally am with you on the tools. Uh, one that I have is, <laughs> this is a sharing violation, but the caps, caps of toothpaste. I okay. use I, once a week and I don't do it every day, Got but it. once a week I'll take the cap off the toothpaste. I'll take a Q-tip. I'll run it under hot water to loosen it all up. I'll take the Q-tip out and I'll wipe it out and I'll put it back on. I blame the military. I spent four years in the United States Air Force. Um, not the most get it. stringent branch of the Air Force, but definitely one of those, you know, everything has a place and every place has a thing. It's, it's one of those things where I have to keep things in order. Um, but a weird part is I also, on a almost daily basis, wipe out the inside cap of my deodorant. And I don't know why I do oh, it. The deodorant. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, the toothpaste, you have young children. Yes. I have young children, right? Oh, so, it's everywhere. And they... They don't put it on all the way. Mm -hmm. It dries and all. It, they sweep it out. It's crazy, right? It, it gets pretty messy. So I can see that one. The deodorant one, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an odd one. And again, I don't know where it stems from. Whether it's the military or not. Whether it's my germ. I'm a borderline germaphobe. Um, so maybe it's that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's just I always do it. It's it, it's a weird one for me. Um, I think I mentioned earlier the counters. Like, I like a decluttered counter. Sure. I don't want a bunch of mbakia, as my mom used to say when I was a kid, all over the counter. I just want it orderly, neat. I want to be able to get to the toaster oven, the waffle maker, and I don't want much else besides the toaster oven and the waffle maker on my counters and the Keurig. That's about it. Other than that, yep. it's underneath in a cabinet. If you need it, bring it out, use it, put it back. It's, it's real simple. So 
I think we got to wrap it up here in a bit here. Um, I will leave you with this one. Dishes in the dishwasher. We talked about that. We talked yeah. about rinsing them. Um, the order in which they go in for cleanliness. There is an order. It, my wife will tell you that I can pack a dishwasher like no one else. <laughs> and, and if it's done right, everything's clean. Everything's clean. Yep. And if it's done not, they will not be. Oh, absolutely. And my, with mine, my pressure or my, my pain point at home is my kids will put all the silverware in one section. <laughs> hey guys, that's not going to get clean. No, it drives me insane. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope you really wanted to have that cheese on the fork forever because it's going to be. Um, that seems to be just about all the time we have for this episode. Anthony, I can't thank you enough for being here with me and doing it. Joe, again, thank you so much for having me on. I had a blast. <laughs> it's been fun. Um, I just want to let you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeart, Spotify, uh, and Blog Talk Radio, where you're probably getting it right now. Anyways, be sure to follow me on Twitter at droppings underscore pod. That's D-R-O-P-P-I-N-G-S underscore pod on Twitter. And give me some show ideas. Give me some feedback on the episodes that you've heard. Ask me some questions. I answer everything. Um, we travel so much. We're on planes. We have a little bit of downtime here and there. We're able to, I'm able to jump in and kind of interact with you, my listeners. Uh, I want to, once again, thank Anthony for being here. For Anthony C., I'm Joe Show. You've been listening to Brain Droppings Podcast, Season 1, Episode 7, Pet Peeves and Neat Freaks. Take care. <laughs>